Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tip Show. Show. A show designed to assist man in his quest to succeed on Pinterest. If you have interests in the content you want to share, content you want your clients to see, learn ways to grow and succeed in this unique and exciting world, one man will assist you on your journey. To become a pinner and grow your presence online, men and women can share in the success. And here to show you how is your host, is your host Jeff C. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tips Podcast. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. This is going to be a great show today as I talk with Susan Jackson from Mahology about the new changes on Pinterest, the new smart feed, and more. Susan is the VP of Content Partnerships for Ahology, a content marketing startup company focused on delivering results from Pinterest. She heads up the Ahology Content Network, a partnership with the web's top bloggers, writers, photographers, and designers creating amazing content. Susan co-founded the blog Working Moms Against Guilt and is a regular contributor to iBlog Magazine. She earned a master's degree at Northwestern's University School of Journalism and a bachelor's degree in journalism at Miami University. She's worked as a newspaper reporter, magazine editor, PR professional, copywriter, and social media consultant. This interview is from a live hangout on air that I did with Susan where our live audience participated by asking questions during the interview. If you'd like to be a part of one of our live shows, make sure to head over to manlypinteresttips.com and join our email community to find out how you can be a part of our live show. Susan shares some great data and analysis from the Ahology team, so let's jump right into my interview with Susan Jackson. Susan, thank you so much for being here today. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes, I'm, I'm, and I, I heard you first of all on uh, Cynthia Sanchez's uh, podcast, Oh So Interesting podcast, and it, I just I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, for those of you who haven't uh, listened to that from Cynthia, you need to go and download that from iTunes because it's a great conversation, and hopefully we'll kind of continue that today because I'm really excited I'd to like kind, of, kind of pick your brain a little bit. Absolutely, yes. So as I'm talking with Susan, remember you guys can go over in our live audience and ask questions, and we'll try to get to those later on during the show. So let's kick it off real quick. Kind of tell me your backstory and how you got involved kind of in social media and Pinterest. Sure. So um, I started out a long time ago, um, almost before the Internet, uh, as a journalist. And so I've always been interested in researching, finding out things, and then sharing it with people. Uh, I, en- I ended up kind of pivoting into more of a marketing role. So I was in copywriting and ad, ag- ad agencies. Um, and at that same time, I had my first child. And that is when I launched the blog Working Moms Against Guilt. And it was really just and this is pre-Facebook, pre-Twitter, just a way to kind of reach out and find other women like me that were working moms that were kind of like, oh my God, I had no idea what all this was. And um, had a couple of other folks at my office that we all started this blog together. And um, that was in 2006. And so that really actually, you know, as I was a copywriter for a digital marketing agency, I was also kind of living the world of the mom blogger at the same time and kind of growing up with that. So learning how to use Facebook, learning how to use Twitter, um, all those things. And it kind of led me down that path to the point where I actually got 
um, what I consider to be kind of my dream job, which is what I'm doing now um, as part of this amazing tech startup focusing on Pinterest and helping bloggers like me um, to, to use Pinterest to their full advantage and grow their traffic and distribution and monetization. So that's kind of my, my quick journey. Gotcha. So what, what was your initial attraction to Pinterest? Why, why, what attracted you to that platform? Um, well, initially, I think I was attracted to it because I love shiny new social media things. Uh, okay. And so as a user, I kind of was checking it out. And I, I, I mean, I don't think you can help but be pulled in by the visuals. I think that's what the appeal of Pinterest is for most people. It's like, wow, look at all these pictures. And when you click on them, you just discover amazing stuff. And it's so different from anything else I'd ever used. Um, and so that was me as a user. And then I got to see behind the matrix when I joined Ology and found just how powerful it is as a traffic driving medium uh, and learned kind of where is all that content coming from? Well, most of it's coming from people that are creating the content and then sharing it on Pinterest. So um, I, I'm kind of now I use it, I use it as user. So I find, you know, cute Halloween costumes for my kids, but I also use it as a blogger and, and as a content marketer. Gotcha. So what exactly is Ahology? I mean, mm -hmm. what, what kind of services does it offer? Sure. Um, Ahology is basically a set of power tools, which I see you got some on your desk behind you there. Power tools, but online, of course, um, as well as services and a network to help support both brands that are interested in performing on Pinterest and reaching their target audiences, and also publishers who are looking to um, expand their audience on Pinterest and hopefully grow uh, their monetization as they do that. Gotcha. And, and you mentioned publishers. Now, what, what do you, who do you mean when you say publishers? Right. So um, publishers is kind of the term we use for either bloggers, content creators, photographers, designers, anybody that is creating content and promoting it with Pinterest in a visual way. So publishers is kind of the catch-all for that. And it could be, we, we kind of, I think our sweet spot is independent publishers, meaning people who just have their own thing, their own site, their own company. Um, but we also do work with some larger um, publishers that are more traditional sense. Like we, one of our big ones is Stylecaster, uh, which is now part of the She Knows group. Um, so we do work with some larger ones as well. But for the most part, it's independent publishers. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, I know in, you, in your announcement, I, and I think you even said this on Cynthia, Cynthia's podcast, is that you you mentioned you have access to the Pinterest official API. Now, yes. what is that, why is that mean? What does that mean, and why is that What's so? What's the big important? deal? Yeah. yeah. Um, so before I worked here, I didn't. I never really bandied about terms like API. I now understand them very well. Um, basically, it's the direct plug into the code of whatever platform you're talking about. So back in the day, you used to have to go on twitter.com and post tweets, or you'd send a text message to some weird number and it would post on Twitter for you. Right. But then Twitter opened up its API and allowed different developers to develop things like TweetDeck, Hootsuite, et cetera, to post on your behalf to Twitter and kind of make it easier to do so. Um, so similarly, uh, Ahology will be able to plug directly into the Pinterest code, publish pins, um, and do and have access to other things like data and analytics. So it's really exciting for us because it means that we're going to have direct access and um, we'll no longer be kind of on the outskirts, but we'll actually be right in the in the thick of it. 
and from what I from what I understand is that that is kind of a special select group. Not a bunch of people have that. It's only certain companies that have kind of through gone through the vetting process by Pinterest. Do they allow to have that access? Well, sure. Pinterest has to grant that access um, to to their code, and so they decide who to allow to have it. And, and we were fortunate enough to be one of those companies. So awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, I noticed there's some big changes that are going on in Pinterest. You know, the search bars change, you know, profiles look different now, and now we have this smart feed thing that a lot of pinners and people who are interested in Pinterest are talking about. Can you kind of give us a bird's eye view of what's going on until we get kind of into some detail? Absolutely. Um, So a couple of months back, uh, those of us who obsess over Pinterest and pay a lot of attention to it um, noticed that the home feed, the feed that you see when you first log in to Pinterest.com or on your Pinterest app, um, looked quite different. It was composed of the same things, pins, but the pins you're seeing are no longer just a chronological feed of pins of people you follow. That's what it used to be for several years. As, you know, if you follow 100 people, you're going to see every single pin that those 100 people have put out and exactly in the order that they put them out. So, you know, scheduling was a big deal. And that's kind of where Ology started. We were, te- we were, we'll help you schedule them at the right time so that you're going to, more people will see them when they're logging in. Well, that changed a couple months back because Pinterest was really looking to find ways to make it more relevant uh, of an experience for people. And they didn't feel like the chronological follower model was as relevant and useful as maybe something else. So they tested a lot of different things. I'm sure they tested many different ways. But what they ended up doing was a mixture of pins that are related to what you're interested in. So if you follow certain people or repin certain things, they can tell, oh, you, you might be interested in these other pins too. They've got all kinds of associations with that. Um, If you ever are doing a search on Pinterest, the guided search, and you click on one of those little subtopics or interests, that that actually expresses to Pinterest that, hey, I'm interested in, you know, old cars, classic cars. And therefore, they're going to show you some pins that maybe not be from people you follow, but they're in that interest area. And then finally, they're showing you pins from people you follow that's not gone away completely, but they aren't necessarily in chronological order, and they aren't necessarily all the pins that are from people you follow. So they might be some of the better performing pins um, or the ones they think you might be most interested in seeing. So that's kind of the big shift in the Pinterest, what is now called, the, the, they've called it the smart feed. Right. And so the smart feed, I, from what I'm reading from different people, um, like I could kind of tell that Cynthia is not a big fan of it. Um, yeah. Is it, is it a, I mean, is this a, a game changer for Pinterest or how big a deal is this? I don't think it's a game changer. I think it is a game shifter. Uh, I mean, game changer sounds awfully dramatic. I think it's, it really feels like one to those of us who either use Pinterest as a content marketing tool or we're just obsessed with it. But for the average user, I don't even think they really notice too much. Um, I think it's just shifting the game and it's really, it's shifting it away from the follower model to more of a, uh, smart discovery model. Um, so you're on there to discover inspiration and find cool stuff. And Pinterest wants to just get better about showing you that stuff so that you can have that great experience every time you log in and not just see, oh gosh, I just see five pins of the same thing by this one person because they posted to multiple boards. 
Right. You know. <clears throat> well, and this is this is just my, and maybe I'm totally off on this, but I've noticed that if I, I like I like or repin a certain subject, like a recipe or a funny pin, you know, I pin a funny pin to, I usually put them on secret boards. Well, now my stream seems to be flooded with these related pins, um, and for people I've never followed, like you mentioned, is do you think that Pinterest is wanting to do that, or do you think it's kind of they're still tweaking the algorithm? Because people I follow, like Peg Fitzpatrick and Alyssa uh, Meredith and they're not showing up, and I, I actually have been going to the search and searching for them and going to pinners to see what they've been pinning. And so do you think Pinterest is maybe trying to force me to do that? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of – it's not – I'm not a big fan right now exactly, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think um, what you're seeing is the the example of them kind of put, pulling the throttle up and down on different factors. Um, everybody sees a different Pinterest. Okay. So what, whatever algorithms driving what you're seeing is probably not the same as what I'm seeing. But one thing that I do recommend that people do, and this is kind of a secret, not a secret, but not a real well-known thing is there's a little pl- um, thumbs up and thumbs down that you can do on related pins and on, on the pins that come from not your following. But um, so you can actually say, yeah, show me more of this one, show me less of this type. Um, but I agree with you that, that, that if the throttle's too strong on, let's say, for me, it was Battlestar Galactica. I think I said, I like Battlestar Galactica. And now I see like Cylons all <laughs> over my feed, right? So it's a little much. It's like, I like the Battlestar Galactica, but I don't, I'm going to make dinner every night for the rest of my life. So I want to see a lot of recipes, but right. you know what I mean? So I think it, it, that they still have some work to do with perfecting it. Um, so it's an ongoing journey, but um, I know that they pay, they pay more attention to the user experience than anything else. That's what they care about most. Right. Um, so the more users can give them input um, in different ways, I think the better it'll be for everybody. So. Yeah, don't pin any Doctor Who pins because then it's over. <laughs> Might as well delete your Pinterest account and just start over because they'll just kill you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the that thumbs ups and thumbs down is that only on the desktop version or is that also on mobile? Do you know? Uh, you know, I've never tried it on a mobile actually, so I don't know off the top of my head if it's on mobile or not. Okay, well I'll look in. I'll because I'm not sure either. So. But uh, there, there, but Pinterest is 75% mobile use. So right. I'm if they don't have it on there, I'm surprised because mobile is more the more common use case of Pinterest. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are certain types of, and I'm hoping they are tweaking their algorithm because that would that's because they are always about the user experience. But do you think there's certain types of pins that SmartFeed likes more than others, such like like ri- like rich pins? Do you think there's any? Mm. Um, it's it's. It's interesting. We've actually done some some data analysis on rich pins, and for the most part, rich pins perform better. Now, we, why that is, we have different theories. But um, the only time when if you're if you're a food blogger or brand, and you're trying to drive traffic to your recipes, you might want to c- consider whether you want to do rich pins for those recipes. Because what seems to happen is people see enough in the rich pin that they don't really feel the need to click to go to your full recipe on your site. But other than that, rich pins do pretty well. 
Um, I think Pinterest likes rich pins and wants them to do well, but I think they also do well just because they kind of catch your eye. They pop out in the feed. Um, they give users a little more idea of what the content's about, so then that what makes them want to click. Um, but other things that I that I we believe that they like are pins that are really strongly organically pinned. And when I say organically, I mean random Joes go to your site and they pin that picture from that recipe or that picture of that craft. It's just an organically, it's sort of showing that lots of people like this and want to pin it. It's very pinnable. So the more people are doing that, I think that helps those pins do better. The other thing we figured out is that, you know, Pinterest looks at pins kind of in a, um, a meta way. So they see, if they see one picture in many different pins, they kind of group those all together into what we call a pin join. And I think they call it that. I think if you read their engineering blog, they talk about the pin join. Um, So the more powerful a pin is, is when there's lots and lots of pictures of that same thing linking to that same page. So that tells the the algorithm, hey, this is a hot one. This is a big one. And so that's going to push it up uh, in the feed. and the other thing that we've learned from our friends at Pinterest is that actually by being an engaged user of Pinterest, and that may not mean that you have a million followers, it might just mean you use Pinterest on a regular basis and you follow people and they follow you and you repin things, that also helps your pins actually be stronger in the smart feed. So if, you, if you're one of those people that all you ever do is schedule pins and you never get on Pinterest, you might be missing out on actually kind of strengthening the performance of your pens. Gotcha. So that was a lot of words. I'm going to take a sip of my coach. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that um, uh, we should do more, since since they like having people pin from your site and multiple people pin for your site, you said that kind of helps adjust the algorithm saying this is good content. Do you think we should start thinking about as bloggers and content creators actually making a stronger call to action on our websites to say, please pin this? Do you think that would help the... Well, yeah, it would help. It's a more of a question of uh, how important it is for you to do well on Pinterest. And if, if you're in a, a category where Pinterest is very important, then yes. I mean, get those. There's some fam- fabulous Pinterest plugins uh, that you could get uh, for WordPress, for example, that make beautiful custom pin it type buttons that kind of when you hover over images that really call it out. Um, there's other ways you can do it. Um, I've seen, for example, ZipList does a weekly email where they say, here's our 10 most pinned recipes. And then you click on them and they go to a recipe that then encourages you to then pin it. So it's kind of like the more you can encourage. Oh, and the other one I was going to bring up is um, if you have a business account with Pinterest, which you should if you are pinning for, you know, to promote your content, if you're monetizing in any way, you should have a business account. They allow you to make widgets of your boards. So, for example, if you have uh, an article that's about a specific, you know, type of content and you have a board that goes with that, you should embed that board, uh, that Pinterest board, right into your content because that will encourage more people to, to pin with you and follow that board. And it's another way to kind of engage your readers with your Pinterest and kind of connect them together. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we talked a little bit before about, you know, using the search feature. I tend to use that to, to find the followers that are kind of I'm missing. Well, um, Peg Fitzpatrick says, uh, first of all, she says hi to Kristen Drysdale. Hi, Kristen and Peg. Uh, she says, I always check pages, not my stream. So she does kind of do the same thing, but she also went on to say, I have found fantastic content with the related pins. She loves this feature under the pins. So there's, it's, there's still kind of a divide on... You know, people like it or don't. The only thing I would recommend with the um, the related pins is still check those links because I've even some seen some related links that some of those infographics are going back to 2002 and the data is not really good for stuff uh, for some of those pins. So just always check your links even if they're related pins. So. I totally agree. Yep, you got to check check your facts just like if you're a journalist. Um. And we kind of t- touched on this before, but you mentioned in your um, recent blog article that pins are weighted by two measures, you know, and you mentioned this a little bit, how influential the pin is, and I assume that's, um, you know, how many people are actually putting it to Pinterest, yep. and, and in how engaged the pinner is. So this mm-hmm. engagement, is it like how much time you spend daily on Pinterest, or is you know, it... we we don't know. We don't know exactly what that means. We're guessing it means you influence others with your pins, meaning people are following you and repinning what you pin. So you have influence over others and you spend a little, at least a little bit of time on Pinterest. I don't think it's, they're measuring it in terms of minutes, um, but they could be, who knows? Um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely more about, are you actually bringing something to the platform and engaging with it and then influencing others based on those actions. Gotcha. Oh, and for our question we had earlier, this is what I love about the live audience. Is Peg yeah. She just said, I checked out the thumbs up and down on mobile relate, mobile on related pin. Very cool. It's like Pandora and will help you create the perfect things you love. So oh, yeah. what I need to do to make it, I won't, I won't gripe anymore until I try that. So that's, thank you Peg for going out and checking that for us. Yeah, live right now. That's fantastic. She's, she's right on it, I tell you. Um, so is there anything you would suggest for us as content creators, bloggers, you know, marketers, whatever, that we need, how we can work on optimizing our pins for this interest-based search that seems to be so popular? Yes, I can, Jeff. Um, number one is words, and I love words. I've always been a word nerd, and the words that you're using from the name of your Pinterest profile to your description of yourself to the board names that you choose, the board descriptions and the pin descriptions. Optimize the heck out of all of them because they're all opportunities for your content to be found by all the people that are going on Pinterest and searching for the, the things that they're passionate about. And, you know, one, we have a, we have a nice list and actually I can share it with you if you want to share it with your audience um, of the top 250 search terms on Pinterest. That's oh, yeah. based on our data team looking at millions of pins and all the data associated with them and trying to figure out, well, what are people really searching? So we've got a nice list. Um, and the other thing you can do is 
just pay attention to what you see in each category. So if you go to a category page, what the terms that show up at the very top, that little strip of, of terms, they're kind of like subtopics or associated with that category. Those are all great words to use. So the other day I created a new board and uh, the first thing that I did was look at the category, then look at those subtopics, and then I wrote my board name and my board description to kind of use some of those words. The other thing to do is make sure that your pin descriptions truly describe what the content is. They aren't cute or two words, you know, don't waste that opportunity. And try to incorporate some of those things that people are searching for, because the more you do that, the more likely your pins are going to be found. The other thing you can do is, and it depends on what type of Pinterest plugin you're using on your blog, but you can actually default what people grab when they use the pin it button. And so I I recommend use that same search, that nice searchy description that you use on Pinterest, put that into the default. So when anybody else organically pins from your site, they're using that same great description. Gotcha. Um, before, before we get to, we're getting kind of to, close to the half hour, so if any of you guys have questions in the live audience, make sure you ask those now so we can try to get to those before we wrap the show. Um, one of the questions I had, do you have a specific link that you try to shoot for for pin descriptions that you recommend? I mean, I know because mobile will cut off, I think some people recommend like 100 characters or 125. Do you have a optimized one? That we you- well, we we you know we've been playing around with um, characters and we've done a lot of data uh, analysis. Again, we're total data geeks here, so you'll hear me refer to that a lot. A um, hundred characters is pretty good. That's a pretty good thing to aim for. Um, yeah. However. We have also heard from our friends at Pinterest that longer is okay, especially if it's going to make sure that it gets all those nice keywords in there. So I guess what I would say is make those 100 characters, the first 100 characters, be the the ones that that people will see. But then if, let's say, at the end of your sentence, you want to add a little like a pipe or a dash and then maybe add a few search words, they don't have to be hashtags. By the way, people freak out about hashtags. Actually, hashtags are not that big of a deal on Pinterest. They don't seem to make a big difference in performance. But you can definitely use some words to kind of bulk out that description and try to grab more people that way. Gotcha. Well, I, somebody told me that, I mean, they just want to have one hashtag now because I actually did a test with the promoted pins and I used manly Pinterest tip hashtag and then Pinterest one and they rejected it and said, we just want one hashtag. Yeah. They, they're not crazy about hashtags at Pinterest. So I was like, okay. It's very Instagrammy and very Twittery and it's just not quite the same on Pinterest. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, is there anything for, um, you know, this new discovery engine and Pinterest is moving that direction more and more. Is the is there anything else we need to really try to do to optimize our pins? I mean, are there certain images that you, th- that have you seen that work better, you know, text and, you know, the 20% like Facebook. I mean, what, what do you suggest for like when people f- f- sit down to start creating their pins? Well, um, when you talk about images, first of all, uh, images are, super important and that's kind of a no duh but um, that includes things like the quality of the photograph if you're using photography or the illustration um, the composition of it Um, so paying attention to really great composition great lighting Um, and then based on so we find that text overlays do tend to help with click-throughs and performance just because it does kind of pop out Um, however um, 
there are certain categories where that's not the case. For example, food actually does better without text overlays. And our hypothesis is you don't need it. If it's a great looking appetizing image of uh, a meal, you don't need that description. Plus if right. you've got rich pins, you know, you've got the name of the recipe there. Right. Uh, another example would be like travel photography or fashion photography. There are certain ones where a text overlay actually kind of takes away from the image, but anytime where the image could be helped with a little uh, text hint, um, just make sure that the design of that is quality as well. Um, one mistake that I see all the time, and it, you can still get away with it, but um, kind of mixing and matching fonts and colors and just overdoing it um, is a temptation that, especially if you're not a professional designer, you just start to go, wow, look at all these choices I have. And you're, suddenly your pins are just like crazy. Um, you know, the, the best pins are really simple, elegant, clean. Um, that's going to help you as well. And that's pre and post smart feed. It doesn't matter. Gotcha. And the other thing I'll say is use the image on your post that you actually pin because you want it to match in that pin join that I was talking about. So the more examples of that same image appearing from that same link are going to help you have stronger performance. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, the other question I was going to ask you was, um, Small businesses, you know, they've heard they got to get on Pinterest and they want to. Is it, do you think it's harder now to get noticed or are there some things they can do to kind of get there quicker um, when they first join Pinterest or is it, you know, I know some people going, oh, I waited too long, I'm never going to be seen on Pinterest now because of all this new stuff. Is there things small businesses can do when they first start? Um, I think... The first thing you want to do is get everybody who already likes you, follows you, subscribes to you, whatever the case may be, get them to follow you on Pinterest. Because first, you got to just have your loyal fans. Um, and that's a way to just kind of start off the gate. The other thing is, now, promoted pins are still in beta, but they're going to be out for everybody fairly soon, I believe. Right. Um, we've had great success with promoted pins. With some, We've been doing the beta with some of our brand partners, and it can drive a very efficient um, amount of traffic to your site and even generate repins and followers, too. So um, consider it as part of, like, if you're going to do a Google AdWords campaign, consider Pinterest promoted pins in a similar fashion um, and, you know, play around with them, test them, see which pins do the best for you organically and then promote the ones that are doing the best. Um, that's a kind of a, a pretty quick and easy way to, to have success and performance on Pinterest. Awesome. Great tips. Here's a couple more questions I wanted to get um, from our audience. And this is from Elisa. She says, she's talking to Peg. It says, I do the same thing. Schedule to keep things consistent and pin in real time to keep it real. Sounds like this is going to pay off for us with the smart feed. So I'm assuming it's the same thing as you want to kind of do a mix of both. It's okay to schedule, but sure. just don't schedule all your pins. And, and I guess I didn't really mention this, but don't pin too much. And by that, I mean... People, I, I mean, I know there are bloggers that pin 100 things a day or 50 things a day to multiple boards, lots of group boards. That is starting to really be penalized and by Pinterest. They don't like that. They don't want you to just promote the heck out of yourself with multiple pins. And so what they'll do is just depress the number of people who see them to the point where people are like, oh, my God, I used to get, you know – a million page views a day from Pinterest and now I get zero and it's like, it can be extreme. So I do caution people like just kind of be aware of how much you're pinning. Um, we recommend, you know, 
no more than 25 per day total, you know, scheduled, non-scheduled, whatever. Gotcha. And here's another question from Kristen. Um, she asks, is it better to leave off characters like these? And she does kind of those. And I would say yes, just guessing. I don't believe we've ever actually analyzed that, but um, yeah, I think that they're fun, but they're, I think leave those to your text messages. Gotcha. Not necessarily in your pens. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, one of the questions, and I ask this pretty much of everybody who's been on the show, um, what are some mistakes that you made when you first started on Pinterest that maybe we could learn from? Okay, number one, I pinned horizontal images. I mean, very simple, but like most blogs and websites dominate um, with horizontal images is what they use. And then you go, oh, I'm going to hit the pin button, and I pin that image. And horizontal images get much more squished down in the Pinterest feed, and therefore they don't stand out as much, they don't perform as well. So that's one of the first mistakes I learned was to like make sure that you're cropping images to be vertical, or at least add an image to the post that is vertical that you can pin from. Um, very common, very easy mistake to correct. Gotcha. And okay, this is the Manly Pinterest Tip Show, and so I always ask this as well. Do you have any advice for guys who are just getting started on Pinterest? What, what would you tell us to do? Hmm. Well, it depends on your um, reasons for being on Pinterest. Um, I definitely would say use the search heavily um, to search for the categories and the types of content you're interested in. Don't rely on following people from Facebook because you'll probably end up following a lot of ladies that are pinning things like, you know, fashion or uh, wedding stuff or whatever the stuff that you might not be interested in. Um, so rather than relying on your friends, I would go more towards the search angle um, to find the type of content that you're interested in. Maybe off the bat, what I would say. Gotcha. And in that report you, you shared with me, I mean, I was I was blown away that I guess this thirty six percent men are likely to have joined in the last six months than women. So it's starting to kind of even out. It seems a little bit, um, and that's really exciting. I think for for brands and men who are on Pinterest. Yeah, I think um, Pinterest is definitely picking up more interest from men, um, and and we learned that from the study that we did, which is what you're referring to. Um, they tend to be uh, more likely to be single and living alone, more likely to own a home, making more money. Um, so, you know, they've got some leisure time, they've got some extra money, and they're looking for some cool stuff to, to discover and do on Pinterest. And so I think it's a, it's a pretty big opportunity for both marketers and publishers um, to go after those people and not just assume, well, men, men don't care. Um, actually, you might find this interesting that the most popular categories that men browse on Pinterest are food and drink, DIY and crafts, humor, gardening, and technology. So they, they are not necessarily the things like cars and motorcycles or tattoos or whatever you might assume. Um, you know, men like to cook too. Yeah. And yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, that's very, it was very interesting. So, well, Susan, thanks so much for being on the show. I want to know where can uh, we go find out more about you and your services mm -hmm. and Ahology? What, what, where can we find you at? Okay, so the best thing to do is to go to Ahology, and it's A-H-A-L-O-G-Y dot com.
Um, if you are a publisher, then go to ahology.com slash publishers, where you can learn more about our content network. You can actually join for free if you're a publisher, um, because we monetize through the brands we work with. Um, so that's kind of our business model. And you can apply to join, and we'll be opening up our content network in the next few weeks. So we're pretty excited to bring a whole lot of new folks into our fold and help them grow. Right. So it's right right now you're saying it's kind of in beta where you're gathering the list. And Correct. So Okay, gotcha. We're in beta right now. We'll be we'll be emerging from that within the next few weeks, and then bringing a lot of new people into our new and improved and you know officially launched Ahology. Excellent. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being here. And as always, I'd love for you guys to go over to manlypitcherships.com, click on the sidebar, and subscribe to our email community. That way, you'll never miss a great guest like we had with Susan today. Because at Manly Pinterships, we're always adding testosterone. One pin at a time. See you next time, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thank you for joining Jeff on his mission to help you be successful in the Pinterest world. Would you like to take part in a live show? Be sure to join Jeff's email community at manlypinteresttips.com. Adding testosterone. One pin at a time.